Hi everybody, Mike Wardrock from Encounter Church here, and thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. Our prayer is that through this podcast, you could have an encounter with Jesus that will change your life. And now get ready for an inspiring message from our teaching team. right now, so I'm about to amp it up, so you might just want to, you guys, you might want to ride it down a bit, because like I said, we can get going, okay everybody, (laughs) drop squats, side to side, so we can do that, so I'm used to that, and I'm used to yelling while I'm actually running, you know, doing exercise, so I've got good voice projection, so I hope you're ready. Um, Now, first thing I need to get going today is, uh, tonight, I want to, we're going to look at a bit of scripture tonight, we're going to read a bit of scripture, is that okay if we read the Bible in church? Is that okay? Like, we're going to read the Bible in church. I'd love you to get, um, we're going to have a look at, my, my title of my message is Come and See. Uh, as you can see, Come and See. We're going to talk about that tonight. I need a volunteer to help me with this. Otherwise, it's going to sound like me all night. So the only criteria I need from this volunteer is that you're a good reader. Like, you can read well. Like, you're the person at school that, that was that person. Who's going to help me out tonight? I just need one person. Thank you. Come on up. All right. Microphone over here. So we're going to read a passage of Scripture. It's going to come up on the screen, so it's really easy. It's from John chapter 4. So you're just going to read it from the screen for us. Um, I may interject and do like Skip's notes, Skip's commentary throughout. So I might just pause it a bit as you go. Um, uh, It's a bit quiet. Yeah, you'll need to do that because I'm going to do that. All right. It was Tom. Tom, Tom, that's right, because I'm looking at your name. There's your name, Tom. Tommy. That's right, Tommy. (laughs) Tom's going to read for us tonight. Um, If you're reading along and uh, taking notes, John chapter 4, verse 3, we're going to begin there. It's a story in the Gospel Gospel of John. Thank you, Tom. And let's go. So he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually, he came to the Samaritan Samaritan village of... (laughs) Sychar, near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Okay, get this, Jesus is tired. All right, so you get the picture, Jesus is tired. He was fully God and fully human at the same time. As a human, he got tired. So we got tired Jesus. All righty, keep going. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. So not only is he tired, he's hungry. So we've got hungry and tired Jesus. Hangry, perhaps. But because he had the fruit of the Spirit, was able to control that. But Jesus would have got hangry because there's no temptation, the Bible says, that he has not faced that we faced. So he would have had this hangry thing going inside. I'm tired, I'm hungry, the disciples have gone off. It's the middle of the day in, like, you've got to imagine, this is, this is the Middle East, all right? It's like hot. It's hot, it's baking hot. There it is, off they've gone. And let's pick it up, all right? So this woman's here. The woman, the woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, If you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me, and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? 
And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Keep going. (laughs) Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. Like, all right, so Jesus changes the topic because he's trying to be all this metaphorical and spiritual with her. And she's just like, where's the bucket? (laughs) Like... Just so not getting it. Like, she's so blown away that a Samaritan woman, her, Jewish man, man to woman, not happening. Samaritans and, and you know, Jews, like, you know, Cats fans and Swans fans, almost. Sort of like, it's like, no. Um, it's, it's like, we just, just doesn't happen, right? And she's so blown away by this, she can't even hear the metaphor, right? So Jesus changes tack. Watch Jesus change gears. All right. Go and get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you're right, you don't have a husband, for you have had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship, while we Samaritans claim that it is here at Mount Gerizim, Gerizim. Gerizim. Gerizim, thank you. Where our ancestors worship. Now, notice what she does. Now, it's her time to change the topic because it's like Jesus cut a bit close to the bone, right? Cut a bit close to the bone like five husbands ago with the now, not your husband. Oh, you're a prophet. So, well, what about where you worship then? It's just like it's got nothing to do with that, right? Okay, so she's, she's changing gears. She's trying to avoid, she can feel the spotlight on her. All right, so she changes. Keep going. Jesus replied, believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship. Just had to put it straight, like, yeah. While we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes through the Jews. But when the time is coming, indeed it's here now, when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. And the woman says, I know this Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. Great. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. This is powerful. Then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. Slow that down. I am. There are seven I am's of Jesus in John. This is one of them. And I am, when, when, when God spoke to Moses, he said, who am I supposed to say that is sending me? And he says, I am sent you. So the I am's of Jesus are using that same language. So it's like he's the God of the burning bush. So there's, there's a whole bunch of layers going on here. But I am the Messiah, Jesus says. Right? So he just goes, here I am, right? Let's keep, now keep that in mind as we keep reading this. Just then his disciples came back. They were shocked to find him talking to a woman. But none of them had the nerve to ask, what do you want with her? Or why are you talking to her? That's right. So what happened next then? The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village, telling everyone 
Come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. Thanks, Tom. Give Tom a hand. Big passage of scripture there. The woman had one job. Get the water. She drops the bucket and runs back in. And she says these words, come and see. Come and see this guy. I want to talk to you tonight about come and see evangelism. See, Alpha is a form of come and see evangelism. There's go and tell evangelism, and that's great. Jesus told us to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Amen. And and, and yes to all of that. But there's another form of evangelism also that we see in the Bible. It's come and see. It's the come and explore yourself. Because sometimes with go and tell evangelism, especially some people can be like, but what if people ask me a question and I don't know the answer? Like, like you're going out and they want to have a debate with me and I'm like, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I, what should I say? I don't know if I'm, I'm ready, if I've got enough stuff to say to people uh, and whatever else. And so in the end, we do nothing. And then we hear messages on evangelism or we read through the Bible and go, yeah, I really should, but I don't know how and... And you feel just enough guilt, just enough guilt to make you really uncomfortable, but then we just keep moving on and we live with this level of guilt that's still sitting in us. Tonight, my goal is I want to lift that guilt out of you. My goal is by the end, you just to take that out and I want to give you some strategies for doing come and see evangelism that you can be sharing the gospel. I think everybody is able to do. So let, let's have a look at what come and see evangelism based on this passage that we re- read. Firstly, number one, come and see evangelism. You don't have to know all the answers. Look what she said. Could he possibly be, next slide please, could he possibly be the Messiah? Now notice what she said. Jesus said, I am the Messiah. And she goes and goes, he might be. She wasn't even convinced that he was. Now, she knew something had happened, but she wasn't totally convinced that he was. She said, come and see a guy who could be the Messiah. Uh, like he's, he said some amazing stuff. With come and see evangelism, you don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to have all your theology worked out. You don't have to have been a Christian for heaps of years. As I said, the guy who ran Alpha in the, my friend's church, 19, had never run Alpha before. Didn't have all these years and years of Christian experience was just someone who said, I'm willing to have a go. Come and see evangelism does not require you to know everything. In fact, there was a guy at our church um, that, that, I, that I passed once, and, and during the church service, um, uh, I just really felt that God said to me, make an altar call just after worship. I'm like, I haven't even heard the word yet. So I said, is anyone here who wants to give their life to Jesus? And this one girl goes, me. I'm like, okay. So she came out and, and, and we prayed together and I led her to the Lord. Um, and then at the end of the service, I said, look, is there anyone else now who wants to give their life to Jesus? And this guy puts his hand up and then he tells me the story at the end. This guy originally from Adelaide actually was, was, was uh, you know, walked with God, had turned his back on God for 30 years. Through, he got hurt through a series of circumstances, had walked away and never talked to God, never did, just sort of distance himself. He's now living in Queensland and he's in the office and this girl's got questions about faith. And this girl starts talking about the big things of life and he's like... She needs to give her life to Jesus, even though I don't even know what that means anymore. But so she, he Googled churches and found our church and he brought her along to our church, not because he knew what about God. He, he had given his life to the end of the service. So the greatest evangelist, the, the one that brought her to the Lord wasn't a guy that actually even believed. 
Like, God can use even people who don't fully believe to bring people to himself. And that's like this woman. She hadn't fully believed yet, but she can still do it. So if you think, oh, I don't know if I know all the answers, hello, at least you believe. Like, this girl didn't even believe yet. And she could bring people to Jesus. So come and see evangelism does not require you to know all the answers. The second thing is, is that is you don't know what you do that most impacts people in your world. Now, for her, we had this whole thing. Jesus had his really deep spiritual life-giving water metaphor. No, missed it. We had the whole, where you guys worship, Jews versus Samaritans, and we're the right place, and Jesus does a whole, God, worship in spirit and in truth, and there's really deep stuff there. It's all great. What's the thing that she went in with? What was her one takeaway from that conversation? Come and see a guy who knew everything about me. Her takeaway out of that whole conversation was one word of knowledge. You had five husbands, and the one you're with now is not your husband. That was the thing that she, she diverted the topic from, but was the very thing that motivated her to invite people. There are people in your world that you could be talking to, and you don't know what's affecting them. They may not tell you, but it's that one cup of coffee that you got them, and you said, I just thought of you. I had you on my heart on the day to work, the way to work, and I just wanted to bless you with this today. Oh, those, you crazy Christians. Yeah, Okay. You know, or, you, you know, you, I, just, I just felt to help you with that. Or I just, I just reached out. I just felt to just, I had you on my heart. I'm just thinking about you today. You know, it's a Christian way of saying I'm praying for you without, so, you know, if you're really bold. Hey, you know, I'm praying for you, but it's that friend or that's a workmate. You don't know the power of that one text or that one word because that could be the very thing that gets them ready to come to God. I was doing, I was preaching at a youth camp once and uh, I, I was there and, and, and the, the we're all playing baseball in the afternoon. But the, me- the meeting was at night time. And so, you know, so they're just sort of down over where these guys are, here where Jenny is. You know, so they're there and they've got the, you know, they've got the bat and they're swinging. And there's a whole group of us. And we would have been sitting probably about over here. So it's about over there. And there's a group of us along there. And we're going, yeah, cheer. And we're all sitting down. The guy takes this big swing, lets the bat go, and it comes full face, full toss straight into my face bang right in my mouth knocked me clean over stars and 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 whatever else and what I did was I just I just put my hand on my face (laughs) I went oh Jesus and I just started to pray God God heal me you know what I mean and I just reached out to God and he come running over and was like, are you okay? I'm I'm the guest speaker at the youth camp you know and this kid's just fully hit me in the face with a bat and he was so embarrassed. And I said, like, it's all good, man. It's all good. No, no, it's all fine. No worries. I might just go and have a lie down if that's okay. <laughs> Had a bit of a headache. My lips swelled up to like giant, like, just like huge. Um, they came down enough by the meeting time with ice on them that I could actually preach, but they were still that. And, and, was, and we, we got through. It was a great night. The next year, I'm, I'm teaching at the Bible college, and this guy comes up to me. He goes, do you remember me? I'm like, I don't remember you. He goes... Um, he goes, I'm, he said, I'm the guy that hits you in the bat, face with a bat. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. Yep, nice to see you. He goes, the reason I'm a Bible college isn't because of anything you said at the preaching, isn't anything you said. It was the way you reacted when I, you got hit in the face with a bat. You didn't blame me, didn't get upset, and you prayed, and you just reached out to God believing for healing. He goes... I want that in my life. And that's why I'm at Bible college. And you know, like you go, like, you don't know what's impacting people. 
You don't know what your Christian living is. It's so come and see evangelism. It's, it's not about, you know, when you're reaching out to people, you don't know what you're, just those little things that you're doing are doing in the lives of people. Number three is this, you don't have to be the most influential person around. You don't have to be the, the big person and you don't have to be the big loud personality. This woman is out alone drawing water in the middle of the day. Why? She should not have been there at that time. All the women gathered water in the morning, in the cool of the morning. She's an outcast. She's by herself in the middle of the day, probably because she had five husbands and number six isn't, she's not married to yet. She's an outcast, even of her own people. And yet God used the reject. God used the outcast. She goes running back, goes, come and see a guy, might be the Messiah, I don't know, but he told me all this stuff about me and all these people came flooding in. All these people came flooding in. And it says here in verse 39, many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, he told me everything I ever did. They were like, wow, this must be true. And when they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village. So he stayed for two days. Long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. Then they said to the woman, now we believe, not just because of what you told us, but because we've heard him ourselves. Now we know that he is indeed the saviour of the world. You don't have to be the most influential person. You don't have to be the person to, you, to, do, to invite people to come to Alpha. You don't know who God's going to use or how God's going to do it. So, oh, they don't know me. I'm just, I'm just a, this person. I'm just at school. No one knows me. I'm, nobody, I'm not on the team or I'm not at, at, at work. I'm just, I'm just the person at the admin person at the back desk. You know, the partners of the firm will never ask me. You don't know who or how God will use you with come and see evangelism. So don't write yourself off and don't do you know. Here's the other thing. You don't have to convince people. Your job is not to convince people about it. Alpha is about letting people discover, giving them space to allow them to discover Jesus for themselves. Like they said to the woman, now we believe not because you told us, but because we've heard it for ourselves. You don't, as I said before, you can't make someone believe. So take the pressure off. Come and see evangelism. It's not about you making people believe anything. It's literally about you inviting people to come and find out for themselves. And that's a work of the Spirit. And that's why we pray. Point five is this. We don't have to rush. With come and see evangelism, we don't have to rush. In verse 40, it says, when they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village, so he stayed two days, long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. You see, Alpha, the information that we do at Alpha, we could compress it all down and probably in two nights you could do it. But it's not about the information. It's about the process of building relationship over time. That's why we run it longer so that people will start to trust you. People will start to go, ah, oh, and they'll realize, oh, you're not weird and you're not strange. And they'll come back for the new food next week because you don't know what the food's going to be. You know what I mean? It's, it's fun. They want to come back and it takes time. But for Jesus, it was two whole days in a village. It wasn't just one encounter with him. So take the time to build those relationships. Jesus is ne nowhere in the Bible do we see Jesus in a hurry. We never hear the words, and Jesus rushed. Even when his friend Lazarus was dying, he did the opposite. Jesus never rushed anywhere. He was always just where he needed to be. So we don't have to feel frenetic and like, ah, 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 ah. it's like, it's okay. We've got time. We've got time to people to come on the journey. Number six, point six about come and see evangelism. Not everybody comes to faith. The Bible says here that many Samaritans believed in Jesus. I wish the Bible said, and all the Samaritans came and believed in Jesus, but it doesn't. 
It says many. And you know what? That's okay. I'm the, one of the alphas I did when my, when my friend came that, that I invited from Canberra. I was doing an online one. And he's on there. You know, we got people invite all their friends. We, I think I had about 30 people on our alpha. And so we had all these breakout rooms. Uh, and we were on those stuff. Two people came to faith on my alpha. It was great. My friend didn't. He's like, oh, come on. I'm the alpha guy. I'm Mr. Alpha. I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to do this. You know, I love this. And my friend didn't come to faith. But that's okay. It's not my job to make him come to faith. But he's now on the journey. He's come closer and closer and closer. We've now got things to talk about and God's given him opportunities. So, so don't put the pressure on yourself to think that they all have to come to faith. That's not what it's about. Now let's get back to where we left off. Verse 31. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging, urging Jesus, Rabbi, eat something, right? Because he was hungry. He was tired. But Jesus replied, I have a kind of food you know nothing about. Did someone bring food while we were gone? Who was it? Philip, it was you, wasn't it? You, were, you snuck out and you tried it because you want to get the points and you want to be Jesus' favorite. And, and it's like, like no one did it. So they're all like, well, who fed Jesus? So Jesus is saying, I'm actually not hungry anymore. And they're like, what? How can you not be hungry? You were hangry before. Like you were hungry and tired. Now you're full. Jesus explained, my nourishment, what fills me up, what makes me satisfied is to do the will of God who sent me and from finishing the work. Sharing the gospel, inviting people to come and see is the most satisfying thing you can do in your world. If you, find, if you think your Christianity is getting a little bit stale, if you feel like Christianity is a bit like, Like dried, you know, wheat bix. It's like, yeah, you come to church and I do stuff. Then there's God, but there's life. If that's how Christianity feels, can I challenge you? When was the last time you invited someone to come and see? Because the thing that made Jesus satisfied. Now, this is before the, all the village had come, right? The woman's just run back. What made Jesus full, not even hungry, physically hungry anymore, it filled him up so much, was that he got to share um, the message of life with a woman that was an outcast. And he goes, this is what I'm here for. He was so satisfied by one woman being touched by the message of life. He could see faith arise in her heart. He goes, oh, yes, this is what I came to do. If that's what satisfied Jesus... Could I challenge you? That'll be what satisfies you. Yes. If you feel like you're lacking something in your life right now, invite people to your next alpha. I dare you. I dare you to do it and see what happens on the inside. Let's find a new excitement for God. Two more points. Here's the other thought. Know that God is already at work. Verse 35. Jesus talking to his disciples here. You know the saying, four months between planting and harvest, like it was a saying. It's just like, you know, it's just, it's, it's everyone, everyone knew it. It's like, it's what you do. It's like, you don't go out in winter without putting a coat on. It's like, everyone knows it, right? Like, hello. It's like, you brush your teeth before bed. It's a saying. Everyone knows it. There's a saying, four months between planting and harvest. You plant, four months is a harvest. But I say to you, Jesus said, wake up and look around. Wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. 
The fields are already ripe for harvest. There are people in your world right now ready to give their lives to Jesus. There are people in your world right now. Don't say, oh, they're only new. I've only been there a while. I reckon they're like, maybe next year they'll be ready to come to church or next year they'll ready to come to Alpha. Don't give their answer for them. Don't give their no for them. Let them say no. And then don't take it personally if they do say no. That's okay. Last year, I bought five tickets to our church um, Christmas Spectacular. They weren't they were $5 each. So it wasn't expensive, but we, it gets sold out. So we have to buy tickets at our church one. So Because it's just awesome. They're epic. It's, it's, it's huge. And so I bought tickets, and I'm like, that's it. I'm going to invite all my friends at the gym. I got my five tickets, and I'm gonna, we're going to fill up a row full of all my gym friends. And I invited my friends from the gym. Hey, anything? hey, I've got this ticket for Would you like to come to their conference, concert? Yeah, no, I can't make it. This one, next one, I asked all of them, guess how many came? Zero. Zero came. But what does that mean? It doesn't mean anything. Because my job is not to make them come. My job is to ask. My job is to ask. That's the win for me. Whether God does it, so guess what I'm going to do this year? I'm going to do it again. I'm going to buy five tickets again. And I'm going to invite my gym friends until someone turns up and comes to church. Until somebody comes to this thing. I'm going to keep on keeping on. When we were in England, when, um, Mike was over in England with us earlier this year, we went and there were, there were testimonies everywhere we went. All of the testimonies had this in common. I just went to Alpha to shut my family up, to shut up the person who kept asking me. I just went to Alpha because they asked me to, not because I was actually felt like I was searching in life and then I met Jesus. And now, and one of those was a woman who was preaching at the service. She's now a pastor on staff at HTB. Keep asking. Keep asking. Because God is already at work in people's lives. You don't know what God's doing. My last point is this. Jesus says this in 36, and to make this last point, yeah, come on up, Musos. The harvesters are already paid, are paid good wages. And what's the wage? The fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life. But listen, what joy awaits both the planter and the harvester alike. There's a joy for the planter and the harvester. You might think, well, my friend didn't come to faith. But Jesus says, you know what? It's not your job. There's a joy. There's a blessing for you even as you invite. So you just get about inviting. You just get around saying to people, come and see, come and see, come and see, because the reward is for you just as much as when they give their lives to Jesus. Because he says here, you know the saying, one plants and another harvests? It's true. Yeah. You could be harvesting while other people are planted, or you could be planting and other people harvest, but it's not just when the harvester gets the reward, it's everybody who is part of the process. Everyone who is part of the process, and in heaven, it'll be well done, good and faithful servant but I only saw one person or no one of my friends came. You might, but you kept asking. You kept inviting. You kept on keeping on because there's a joy that awaits you. So invite. Would you invite those friends? Would you invite those people? Bring them along to Alpha. Bring them along to church. Invite them simply to come and see. I don't know what to say. Just invite them. To say, hey, you want to come to this thing called Alpha? What is it? It's a conversation. It's about life faith and meaning from a Christian perspective. Would you like to come? And then be quiet and just let them answer and see what they do. But you watch what the Holy Spirit does as you pray and believe God. Thanks so much for listening. I pray that you were able to hear from God in a fresh way today. We would love to hear from our listeners. 
to connect with us or to financially support the work of Encounter, please jump on our website, encounteradelaide.com.au. And if you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to jump onto iTunes, Spotify, or your podcast provider and give us a rating and review. Or share this message on your social media accounts and tag us at Encounter Adelaide. God bless. Have an amazing week.